Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode four. This is a week of stories. Wait, isn't this three? No, this is four. That's <laughs> we had the bowling in Broadway, we had the gymnastics, and then we had last week about singing. Mm. This, this, it's been a week, y'all. It's. Can I listen to the third one yet for like my critiques I of myself? Pro- oh, Sean, did you not listen to last week about singing in Broadway? Is that the one that we you afterwards you sent me the questions and stuff from people? Uh huh. Uh huh. Oh yeah. Okay. Because we did ask questions to people, but I also want to say start off with hi from California. We're here. We made it <laughs> by the skin You're of like our teeth. Fresh out of your car in California, like. My- <laughs> Rush out of your car. This is my commitment to the podcast, you guys. Chris and I drove in two hours ago. 10-hour drive from Salt Lake. Got here two hours ago. But I am still here to record the podcast. And man, oh man, do I have stories from this week. So does Sean, because the one you texted me is hilarious. But I want to start off this week by saying hi, hi from California. And do you remember last time when we talked about the piano, how someone was going to donate a piano to our Mm. school? Oh, no, no. Turns out it's a scam. The whole thing is a scam. I am going to rant for a second because this is the kind of thing that makes me so angry because we talked about how last week we were like, oh, we need more people like this to give to the arts. Oh, no, no. Whole thing's a scam. How it came about that I found out it was an exam, uh, a scam. She gave me, oh, you need to email this person. This is the shipping company. Okay. Turns out this shipping company is located in Massachusetts, not California. And the woman who she supposedly gave me this email for to ship it no longer works there because I contacted the company directly and I was like, I haven't heard from these people. What's happening? They're like, this woman like doesn't work here anymore. I don't know where you got this email. I, I had a quote reference number. That reference number doesn't exist. So then I asked the woman supposedly with the piano, can you give me the address? Because I think I'll hire a different moving company. Never replied to me. The whole thing is a scam. I am super upset because I was so excited to have the opportunity to give the kids live music, to have it in the studio. I don't know. It was just like such a dream to have a piano. And I think we'll get one eventually, but now it's going to take long. You know what I mean? Like, Was she trying to get money from you or something? Like, Yes, to pay so for the... you sh- were going to pay... But she gave you a shipping company, so you would have paid that shipping, shipping company. But that woman, come to find out, the woman doesn't work there. And the shipping would have been like, depending on what I, quote, chose, was going to be anywhere from $700 to $1,500. And she kept the the supposed shipping person was adamant. Well, I need your Zelle. I need your Zelle account. I need your bank account. Like we need, you need to pay first. And Chris and I are sitting there going, wouldn't there be an invoice and you pay after or you get the actual invoice number with all the details? This was just yeah. a sketch email. Oh, no, no. All a scam. So I am <sighs> so mad. And I just, I <sighs> all the stuff last week about how we need more people to give to the arts. Y'all, it was a scam and I fell for it. Luckily, I didn't pay anything. I didn't give, I thankfully, I didn't pay. I didn't give bank info. I didn't give any kind of info, but there's no baby grand piano and it's really But sad. the statements are still true. We do need people that are yes. willing to donate and give, but yes. not do that. Like, don't prey on the arts yeah. that are already struggling. I know. And, oh, 
we're gonna play it. We're gonna be able to give the kids like a live piano. Anyway, so I'm bummed. So that's my big story for the week because the piano was a scam. And I don't know why I'm laughing, but it's true. So that's- Is that really your big story? Because no, there's you more. told me that you broke your windshield when you were driving today. <laughs> okay. Okay. So like speak, a, a possible pianos, scam that, that no money was transferred to, would it, I don't feel falls in line with the big story. It's like, that's like a side note, no piano moving on. By the way, we were driving and I threw my piano through my windshield and cracked like that to me. So did you do this like on the no. highway? Okay, no, this from the was beginning, sorry. From the beginning, Chris and I drove, we started out last night drove four and a half hours and then got a what I thought was a decent hotel it looked like a decent hotel online was not got there motel describes it a little bit better so we were like all right it's one night we're gonna just get three hours of sleep motel the air conditioner breaks and so we have no air conditioning in the room it is warmer in the room than it is outside and it's about 100 degrees outside we were dying so at 1 a.m Chris goes down to the office at the hotel. I'm sorry, the motel. Gets a different room. We switch rooms at 1 a.m., sleep for two hours. Then at 3.30, get up and finish the drive because we were going through the, the Nevada and the California desert, which was supposed to be 111 degrees, which is not good for your car, which is why we drive early. We always do this when we go to California. So we're in California the last maybe hour of the trek. And we're, you know, I'm driving behind him we're caravanning we're two cars we're good to go i'm giving enough space as you do you know we're talking we're on the phone with each other this person probably two or three cars in front of chris decides to completely stop and slam on their brakes in the middle of the highway just traffic boom stops slams on the brakes the person in front of chris slams on their brakes chris slams on him luckily there's a median lane to the left of me so i slam on my brakes and swerve into the media lane so i don't median lane so i don't hit him and that actually saved us from a wreck so i avoid hitting the back of chris and so the car behind me avoids me too because i just speed off but i have my Wait, own you guys are in two cars we're in two cars okay and so what and you happened, hate driving. I, I am not a fan of driving. It's fine. I'm a, I'm a good driver. My mother would probably laugh at that, but I'm actually a very good driver. I used to live in Houston, so I'm good. And now it's going to come in handy California. So I swerve into the lane because I look split second thinking if I hadn't, I would have rammed into him and the person behind me would have rammed into me because this person, five cars in front of us, literally decides to slam on their brakes and stop. Why? I don't know. So I swerve my own keyboard that I have is in the back of my car and due to the swerve and due to the slamming of the brakes flies forward misses my head and jams into my windshield it cracked luckily it didn't go through it but it cracked and so that's my other piano story of the week cars are fine we are fine we avoided an accident but my windshield has a nice crack in it due to my own keyboard flying through the air clearly you know, maybe we just didn't pack it well. I don't know. I thought it was lodged. Like we had it well. We had a pillow around it. I don't know what happened, but just right into the windshield. And so I got here and now I'm doing the podcast. But at least it happened close. Yes. You only drove what, an hour with the crack windshield? Yeah, oh yeah. It wasn't even an hour. It was fine. Oh, it was okay. right at the end. 
that's that's what happened to me today <laughs> and this week in the motel with an air conditioning that doesn't work and this piano scam. We packed the pot and we moved out. Like that's been my week. Hi, <laughs> yeah, but now now you're settled. And by yeah. settled, I mean now you're just in California. We're in California, and I leave for Cincinnati Ballet Summer Intensive on Sunday, two days from now. Oh. I'm teaching so in Cincinnati like for a week. Dropping yeah. off the car and then hopping on a plane. Exactly, and then I go to Colorado Ballet for a week. Oh, you're doing like long mm-hmm. little intensive. I guess that's what people want. They want someone for the whole entire week, more, yeah. more than just like a couple of days. Yeah. Well, especially with these these schools like Cincinnati or Colorado, you know, or when I've done the Valley West one, they try and when they bring guests in, they try and give everybody the guest. Mm-hmm. And so you might only see a level once or twice, but you see everybody. Gotcha. And I think that's what's good. I mean, if you're going to bring in guest teachers, you want to have everybody have them. Speaking of summer course teaching, here, we can throw out my story. Let's tell Sean's story. We will get to topics, by the way, but this is just too entertaining. Go on. uh, Because we are strugglers of life, both of us. Yes. I was reached out to by a school here that I've taught at before. A bunch of us in Valley might teach there off and on. Hey, are you possibly available during this week to teach for our summer course? I'm like, yeah, I am, but I'm only available on these three days because these two days I teach gymnastics at the all day situation they're like okay great I have these time slots that would be great can you do Tuesdays and Tuesday and Wednesday for this one week Tuesday Wednesday yeah I can no problem perfect I'll do anything for a dollar right now as we all know (laughs) because we established that it's summertime and dancers are on layoff we will do anything for a dollar so I was having to do like a backyard photo shoot with Caitlin from here because I got hired by a cocktail company to do a Instagram campaign with them. Nice. So I was taking our photos with the product out at her apartment complex by the pool and stuff of us like drinking these cocktails, not drinking because you can't actually have the cocktail up to your lips for the photos, I guess, for promotional ads. Oh. We had them in our hands. So I was like, okay. And then we were going to lay out by the pool. And then I was like, oh, but I got to go at this time, like midday so I can get there because it's kind of a far drive. It's like a 30 minute, 45 minute drive to Japan traffic out to this place to go teach. I rush home. I take care of the boys, the dogs. I change, grab my little coffee to go, my snack, hop in the car. I'm already, by the time I get in the car and start driving, my drive time says 10 extra minutes. So now I'm going to be five minutes late. Because something happened on the freeway per usual, whatever. Then I'm like, I can make this up. I'm driving, zip, 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 zip. Finally, I pull into their parking lot on time. I made up the time, but the parking lot's empty. And I'm like, oh, this is odd. Maybe they're still like in COVID mode that no one else is allowed in the building other than the dancers. So there's no one in the parking lot. I don't know. Then I'm like, hmm, did I get the right time? Is it, am I early? Am I late? Like, nope. I looked at my messages. I'm a month early. It's the wrong day. I'm not needed until July 12th. And it was June 14th. I drove out there on June 14th, Tuesday, June 14th, because I have a mess and my brain's all over the place. We're like renovating the rental house to get new renters in. So I've been doing that all days. And then I was trying to do the photo shoot things. I have to have that turning date. And I was just, I just do. And so I drove 45 minutes for no reason. And then I drive like 35 minutes back. Yeah, because you're 
And you're a month early. A month early. I, I, I can, and I'm like, but in my calendar, I wrote down that day in my calendar. So like, that's why I, I was like, I need to change this calendar. And because it's a month away, I need to add two extra reminders because I'm going to forget about it most likely. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but Sean, but Sean sends me this video telling me this story. He's like, so this is for the podcast. And I'm like, this is perfect. Like, it's just, it's just, it's so us. It's so like, we're such a mess. We're such a mess. But you know, oh. we're here, we're doing it. Oh, wait, but speaking of podcasts, I've been listening to a lot of my favorite murder podcasts, which I love. Ooh, I've never listened. Wait, really? Yeah. Okay. Uh -uh. You should, it's true crime. I don't know how big of a true crime person you are. Oh, I love true you crime. Are. Yeah. How have you not listened to my favorite murder? Kaylee and Emmy would be so disappointed. Well, I only oh. listened to it because of Kaylee. Kaylee started on me years ago. Yeah. On my favorite murder, they kind of like us, like catch up beforehand and- one of them was talking about what shows they've been watching lately. And she goes, so I've been watching this show and it's dark, but I kind of love it. And it's like this inside look into this ballet into the ballet world. And I was like, oh, oh, is it? Will it be? And then she's talking about it's flesh and bone. Uh, <laughs> you're like, and I'm, I'm like, in that. <laughs> Thank you, Karen from My Favorite Murder for pimping out flesh and bone. One, I love that you love it. Two, she's like, it is crazy dark. Uh-huh. It is out of nowhere. And I was like, if you only knew the scripts that we got firsthand before they were edited and cut down to the version you see on TV, because it was way crazier than that. But oh. I'm like, thank you for pimping that out because the more people watch it, the more my residual checks are. And I need money. So everyone will watch Flesh and Bone. If you missed that, Sean is in it. I've actually never seen it. Probably you should. should. Watch Chris it. has seen it. That is a perfect thing for us to talk about because we talked about your time on Broadway. Tell us, Sean, how it is to dance on film. Is do you have to take like six a.m. class stuff? Like five thirty a.m. class is uh, what we did. Sometimes, if we were lucky, it was six a.m. or six thirty. Uh, but yeah, but she, so she talked about flesh and bone, and it's the second time she's brought it up too. So she's invested. Yeah, and and that's why I was like, I need to talk about this on our podcast. Yes. I was like, okay, one, you need to listen to My Favorite Murder. It's these two women from California, true crime enthusiasts, complete vocal fry, love it. One's a Valley girl, one's from North Cali. You'll appreciate it. Great. But no, yeah, Flesh and Bone was great. It was a great experience. That's how I met you pretty much because of Kurt. Yeah, that's right. So, I mean, but I will say dancing on film and TV is just miserable. It. It sounds like it because, you know, I think one of the things that we take for granted is that with, with being on stage, like it's live. You do it once, the curtain comes down, that's it. I can't imagine having to do take after take after take after take after, okay, again, 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 and then classified. Like it just seems like, whoa, like really I think hard. it's better if people understand dance. I also think it's better for non-ballet. I think, uh, I think it's just different because we have rehearsal days that are six hours long. Mm -hmm. We're doing stuff over and over and over, but we're constantly moving for those six hours. Like mm. you take class and you go yeah. and you might have a couple hour break in the middle or something, but you then like, you know, when your rehearsal's starting, so you then you rewarm up and you get, you know, yeah. like, you know, what's happening, but 
for like TV life or filming or movies, our call times were early, you know, like at 5.30 or 6.30, if we were lucky. Call time, that means like when we had to start warm-up class in our like fake studio that they built for us. Yeah. So we were there earlier and we were all in New York. So it's like, I'm trying to go from, I lived on the West side over to Queens at 4 a.m. It was fine. It was an experience because if you ever listen to someone talk about filming a TV show or a movie, it's hurry up to wait or get ready to wait. Right, right. Yeah. And you sit around, like, because there's no real like pre-rehearsals for a lot of stuff. I mean, for us, we did. So all, all of us like supporting characters and main characters, anytime we had to dance, we rehearsed our stuff prior to. Yeah. We knew what we had to do for the day. We knew what it was, or we knew an option of what it was or what it could be. And we, it will alter in the moment. But so we, so we would show up and we would take class and then we would all get ready and hair and makeup and, and wardrobe, have breakfast and then sit and wait. Mm, that's hard. So to we do would take class at like 5, 3 a.m. But we would start filming till at least 10. Oh, wow. Maybe, maybe, maybe earlier, 930. And it was because they were setting up shots and angles. They were talking about that's that's like when the directors were figuring out like when how they wanted to angle and stuff so then we would get called this set to like walk through stuff or like yeah. to block it once or twice and then after we would block it they'd be like actually we're gonna have to remove this set wall completely so we can film it from this angle instead so sometimes we're waiting on construction mm. <laughs> for filming and then it was okay we have to go let's start so then you, you just sat around for a long time so it was physically harder in that sense Mm. a princess job overall which I loved but we only filmed dance days Monday Tuesday Wednesday because Sasha was still with ABT at the time so he had outs on Monday Tuesday Wednesday so anytime we had to film dance stuff it was done then wow okay um, to work with his schedule because he had to be in the in the classes or rehearsals for those Sasha being Sasha Sasha Radetzky from center stage fame solos of the week wow uh, so yeah, so it was just a lot of, it was a lot of hurry up and wait, which was fine. Um, like my friends from So You Think You Dance and stuff had said different things. And my friends that have danced on film for other stuff that wasn't ballet have, it, it's a little more conducive for yeah. it. You're not in tights and a leotard, you know, and it's wide shots, close. It's, I yeah. think it's just better. Yeah. But yeah, so dancing for ballet was, was just rough. And then the director's didn't always understand ballet. So they would film things. And luckily we had uh, Matthew Powell who was in charge. He was, he was like Ethan's assistant, mm-hmm. um, but pretty much ran all the ballet stuff and just helped with like the filming of it and stuff. They're like, you can't film from that angle. You can't, that's not usable. Like you need, yeah. like, you know. Um, it's not fake ballet. You wanted it to look like real ballet. And that's why they hired all of us real dancers because right. no one had a dance double. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't a Natalie Portman situation mm-hmm. where the actress was filmed from the shoulders up doing dancing and porter bras. It was, you know, everyone was doing all their dancing. That's why Sasha and like Sarah were hired. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just didn't know always. I think they did a really good job cutting it all down to make it work. Yeah. But the best situation was our last two episodes. We had a Game of Thrones director for those two. Oh, that's fun. So he filmed like a fight scene. So he came in to our rehearsal beforehand and he watched the whole thing with his iPad to figure out what he was going to need and want. Yeah. So then on a film day, it was like, we had the setup, we were good to go. We knew where the cameras were gonna be. He knew where things were already gonna be happening. Mm. So it was like the best, it was the best film situation. Other than at one point, there was like an unsaid rule that after six takes, we had to stop dancing. 
Oh, that's good. But it wasn't, it wasn't upheld always. Oh. <laughs> which is fine. Or like after so many hours, we had to stop dancing. Yeah. But then the last one, I remember we were still filming like that final dance scene at like 2 or 3 a.m. Oh my gosh. Because it was like, well, I understand what he was, he's like, we have to take the shots and I have to keep on doing this, which is fine. And it just got to the point at one point, I was like, okay, I can't keep on rewarming up. So this yeah. is what it's going to be. And yeah, hopefully there's some movie magic and they don't get me out of that right. situation. Oh, because the rewarm up too is like for each take, you can't just start it cold. Like you have to, you have yeah. to plie tendu whack a leg. Like you got to. Right. And so it was like, well, we would do a chunk and then we'd sit around for like another hour or two. And it's like not enough time to relax, not enough time to stay warm. It was just one of those things. Yeah. So some of the videos I have of us like in our holding areas or whatever, you see, you can see the progression of us like trying to, to be good ballet dancers. And then at one point it's like, everyone's in sweats just laying on the floor, like is what it is. Is what it is. But it was fun. It was a great group of people, which made it so much more enjoyable. And it, it, it was fun. Yeah. Me and Megan and Alex ran through, we were, we shared the studio, the film studio of um, Orange is the New Black. Wow, that's cool. So one day they weren't there and we went exploring on their set. <laughs> And then we got caught and then we ran like five-year-olds. <laughs> and then we filmed at the same theater that they filmed um, Black Swan at. So we did that up there. We like, okay. all got to go on location for a week. Nice. Was it a week or two weeks? can't remember. So we were all like in hotels. Up there. It was fun. Did somebody choreograph for that? Like who was choreographer? Was it Chris Wilden? Ethan. Or was it? Oh, it was Ethan. Okay. So Ethan did all the choreography for it, like all the fake class stuff. Ethan that we did. And Yeah, and then the final ballet. And then we did have, we did do a chunk of rubies that we got permission to do from the trust that they paid for. Wow, and, that's a big deal. Um, but we have some, I have fun stories that cannot be you said on film <laughs> involving all of that. I bet. We'll talk about that off pod. Um, no, that's so cool. See, this is the thing, you guys. Is like also we should say, flesh and bone is not for children. It's it's probably it's probably not for kids. It's not a a ballet movie. Like you know, from what I hear, it's pretty dark. Yeah, I mean, the creator is the one who like did Breaking Bad, yeah. so it's a genius. Yeah, but a dark genius. Like, and of course, like because of it's about it's like. Do these things happen in ballet? Some of the situations, yes. But it, mm -hmm. of course, because it's a little dramatized. And then on top of that, it's like they make every bad option or every bad situation that could happen happens happen. to one person. Right. So it's just it's just heavy after heavy after heavy. Yeah. But I, I'm proud of it. I think they did a great job when they edited it down. It, it was good. It was supposed to be a multiple season thing originally. But then by the end of it, we were really expensive, I guess. Oh, um, really? The decision was just made to make it into a, a mini drama series, like a one-off, mm. which I think helps for award seasons. We were, people yeah. were nominated. Actresses, uh, our leads, I think Sarah was nominated and stuff. I think she was, because I remember like it was nominated as like a limited series or something like that. Mm -hmm. It wasn't going to be like a show. Yeah. Golden Globe. Oh, yes. It was nominated for Golden Globe. The, the series was. Okay. So. Well, that's cool. It just puts it in a different category, so you don't have to go against the succession or like yeah. the Sopranos, like ones that you know are always going to win. Right. We did ask questions on Instagram. We got a lot of responses. Was there one, Sean, that you wanted to talk about first or anything that stood out to you? 
Uh, one person asked about performance or rehearsal successes and fails. Oh, okay. I, we both already talked about a couple of rehearsal fails because I talked about falling the other day, and which happens all the time. Many, but, many fails. But successes though, let's hear some like a success from you. Success for me, probably one of my best shows was ever, was Unplanned. Um, it was a show of Romeo and Juliet, full length, Peter Martin's New York City Ballet. And it was, I had done it at least five or six times total before this was like one of the later times that I did it. I think I was already, I was already a soloist at this point. So it might've been my eighth. I did it a total of 10 times. So I feel like it was my ninth and 10th show. So I was, I was like, I got this. But three hours before the show, I was supposed to do it with Sean Swazi, who I had danced it, I think at least five or six times with before he was like my, once Seth Orza left to go to PNB, he became, Sean Swazi became my Romeo. Wait, and how so, many Romeos have, did you have total? Three. three, not including Tyler Angle, who I did just the balcony with, Sean Lavery's balcony part of us. So technically four. So, you, but, so the full length you did it with? Seth. Sean Swazi and Robbie, who this story is about, Robbie Fairchild. So Robbie Fairchild, former principal dancer, most of you know who he is, Broadway superstar, um, was the original. Peter did it on Romeo. I mean on Robbie. And he was all he always did it with Sterling Hill team. And so three hours before the show, Sean Swazi went out for some I can't even remember if it was an injury and illness, what it was. Um and they were going to pull me too. And I said, absolutely not. These are my only two shows of this this season. Please bring in somebody. You know I can handle this. So Peter went, okay, you'll do it with Robbie. So they call Robbie to the stage and they're like, you two are not going to have a ballet master. You are not going to have any sort of formal rehearsal. You're on tonight in three hours. Figure it out. So we took a tape of the music to the Rose Building, which is the City Ballet Studios that are not attached to the theater. They're right across the street. We found an empty studio. We rehearsed the, like, mechanics of it, the the part of the partnering, the are you this way, are you this, because there are different versions for different couples. Which version are we doing? We got our version. We purposely decided not to rehearse the acting, not to rehearse any feeling, any intent. We were like, let's see what happens. So we only rehearsed the mechanics. Best two shows I've ever done of that ballet. It was really that. Oh yeah, and and it was one of those things that because we'd never done it, because Robbie was the original, because it was kind of like a big part for me. Like the wings were packed that night. Everybody, I don't know, it just became this like thing, and it was the two best shows I did of it. Because we, we like barely rehearsed it. So that was a success. That was totally. So you just had to like be. Yeah. In the moment. Just hope for the best. In the moment. Yeah. He, even I remember Robbie saying, let's, let's literally not rehearse this. Let's see what happens. He's like, we got the mechanics down. You've done this a million times. I've done this a million times. Let's just go with it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and we did. I think though that allows you to not get into your head about it. Yeah. So then like, because you guys have both done it so many times separately mm-hmm. and felt so comfortable that then you're just like, if it goes weird, it, yeah. it's not like, oh, let's go back and let's, let's break it apart so much that we're overthinking it and it's just going to go down, 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 down. Right. And it was great. It just happens. And what you don't realize is, yes, there are 
three Hotadas in that ballet, but Romeo and Juliet don't actually do that much together. The whole story is about them and getting to the point where they die, literally, and the whole second act, you're by yourself or with Paris or the front, like you don't actually interact with him. So it's not that much together, which you don't think about. Um, and so act two for me was like what I always did. That was a success for me. For sure. In Martin's version, is it still just the ballroom pot of the balcony pot of and then? The death, the be- the bedroom and the death. Oh, the be- okay, yeah, bedroom the after bedroom ballroom. Yeah, yeah, ballroom, balcony, bedroom, with triple B. And then the crypt, which you can't do anything about anyway. You're, you can't help. You, you just lay there. You just lay there. Mm-hmm. And which, don't kiss back. And don't kiss back, at which we learned with Seth, you sort of just go with the flow because Seth fell backwards down the stairs with me when I was dead. Did I tell you that story? You've told, told me, you? but you've never said on this thing yet. So I know of it. <laughs> I think I said it in some YouTube video somewhere. Debut show, rewinding several years back, age 18. Seth, Orza and I were doing the last thing, the death, the crypt scene, and Seth tripped down the stairs. The, the, bed, the crypt thing was on stairs, tripped backwards with me in his arms. And I remember flickering my eyes open and seeing the floor. And I went, that wasn't there in rehearsal. Why am I staring at the floor? And then Seth had to dead press me from the floor back up back to the thing and Peter came back afterwards and he was like keep it I like it and Seth was like hazard pay (laughs) like can I have hazard pay for that so no we did not keep it no I mean that happened I mean that's fine I mean and then like another success for me was of course doing Aurora I mean if you just get through that show that's a success good bad or otherwise (laughs) just get through it you're good that's what Caitlin said that they were talking about something. And she said, mm-hmm. Aurora is the worst. It's the worst. It is because she's like, it's a lot harder than what you, what you see. Yeah. Like technically. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, it's like square dance. It looks less from the front than what it actually physically is. Cause I was like, wait, Aurora's worse than like Swan Lake or something. Oh, she was, Cause she's done both. And she, yeah. And she was like way worse. Oh yeah, because there's also no story. You 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 have nothing. You have nothing just to look pretty and wear a tutu and balance on one leg and do some really hard steps and do 80 million solos, go to sleep, but you still dance when you're asleep, and then you get up and do another pot of it. Like it's just yeah, I'd rather do Carabas at this point in my life. Like that's my dream role. Really. I want to do Carabas. Someone cast me, please. <laughs> What about you, Sean? Tell us your successes and then we'll get to fails. Um, that's funny. Well, I think a recent success that I'm proud of would be, so this season, sadly, one of our dancers during Nutcracker got injured. And in return, then I remember this day very well. So I don't do Nutcracker Prince here. I don't do Cavalier here. I've done it other places, but never here. Which That's is fine. so odd to me. That is so odd to me. But go on. Artistic choices, and it's fine. There's other people that are preferred. But I've now come to terms that I have a very comfortable nutcracker run here. I know what I do. I do these solo spots that are like these little princess tracks, like Chinese, Arabian. Great. 
And I think because I was guesting with you, I got pulled out of other stuff. Because oh. all of a sudden, I didn't have to do as much stuff this season. <laughs> I think I was gone for a weekend. Yeah. Um, and so, but this season, I'm very proud of that I think was a really good success. One of the princes got injured and it was Thursday. It was, it was a Thursday and it was the week before we went into the theater for tech shows and Edward walked over across the studio to me and I was like, I'm in trouble. Cause I always think I am always. Mm -hmm. And Ray was beside me and he was like, Sean, Ray, can I talk to you? And I was like, what did I do this time? <laughs> You're like, here we go. <laughs> But then as we walked over, I go, is this what is about to happen? I think it's going to happen. And he was like, sadly, so-and-so, we've now officially found out, will not be able to, at any point in this uh, run of Nutcracker, be able to come and dance. Raise Clara with that person. And he was like, I don't want to take you out of this opportunity for you, Ray, but we don't right now. I can't add you to the casting of another person because the other person already has a heavy workload of Prince and Clara's. But Sean, would you be okay learning Prince? And we can see if you get if you'll be able to do your shows with Ray. And I was like, yeah, no problem, fine. Because I'm not going to say no to. No, like, I know not. literally Ray's Clara was depending on if I would say yes or not. And right. I'm not going to say no. Like, there's no expectation. It was like. We'll see if you can learn it. Everyone had a month and a half to learn this because in this version, Prince and Clara do everything. So Prince is in mm. party scene. Prince does fight scene. Prince does snow pop. Prince does snow scene. Prince does Spanish in second act. Prince does Russian. Prince and Clara do Whoa. flowers and finale. It's a lot. Um, I think That's it's just a lot. Right? I think it's just because it's how this, ver when it, this version was choreographed, I think because it was a smaller company, the principles were very overly used in the production. Uh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, like the really nice principles. So it was Thursday. They said, okay, um, we're going to call some emergency rehearsals for you and we'll see. So of course that weekend, I taught myself the whole entire ballet on the video because I have OCD and I wanted to walk into the studio on Monday for my two hour private rehearsal with Ray, knowing steps at least. Mm -hmm. So then I can just work on like the technical aspect. So I taught myself pretty much the whole, like I did teach myself the whole ballet on the weekend in the living room on the floor. And the goal was, they said for me to do, they said, right now you have one show on opening weekend. If you can't do fight scene, we'll put another boy in just for the fight scene aspect. Um, Cause it's a lot going on and we'll just have you do all the other stuff. And if we need to push your shows to later on this in the run, we can do that as well. Um, but let's keep you on that opening weekend just in case. And I love a challenge cause I'm a nerd. So we had like three hours a day, just us Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And I, learned all of Nutcracker Prince in five days. And then Friday, we had a work through, run through in the studio before we went to go tech. And I guess people didn't think I was going to do the whole run through and everything, but I did. I did the whole run through start to finish on that Friday. Amazing. And it was actually our best. It was the first time we've ever run it, run any aspect of it and in <laughs> context. And I'm just, I'm really proud of it. I still did fight scene with everything that went on. I didn't swap anyone out. I did my opening weekend shows with her. We had a great run. I am very proud of that to be able to jump up and be viewed as someone who is able to always go in last minute. It's my go-to here. I always do things last minute. 
I taught That's myself amazing. Paris and all the fight stuff with the swords by myself and the ballroom potada and got thrown in last minute to that. Like I always do that stuff, but I'm just, that's my success is Nutcracker Prince in five days and then still doing our shows. And that's such a, it's such a good skill too, because if you're the one that's dependable, you'll get more opportunities. Yeah. I'm never the first thought, which is fine, but I'm always the go-to option. Right. Right. Your go-to option. <laughs> right. Well, and then you get the opportunity. Like I'm still waiting for you to do Cavalier. Cause I remember us doing our gig and you, like you had just done Prince or something. Yeah. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Go back to Vlogmas if you missed that. Yeah. I just did Prince right, right before that Cavalier with you. Yeah. And if you guys, if you're not a dancer and you ever go to the ballet or you ever go to Broadway, you never know. The people you're seeing on stage might have just been thrown in. They might have gotten the call at noon. Hi, you're on tonight. It's like swings on Broadway. They learn eight different tracks and you're on for so and so with two hour notice like you. This is what makes performers. Another thing that makes performers so incredible. Everybody you're just like, all right. And you just do it. And that's so many people. That's so many dancers. It's so many performers like it's. It's a good skill to have. Right. I'm never anyone's first thought, but I'm always someone's second thought that is solid. Hey, and then I'll you take get it. the opportunity. Yeah, I'll take yeah, it. exactly. A lot of things are on my resume because of injuries and illness. Let's just right. I've done a lot for that reason, which is yep. fine. Yep. So yeah, that's my success. Fails, I got tons, tons of fails. Falling, ripping tights, bleeding, forgetting an entrance. I mean, you name it. Oh, forgetting it's, an entrance. Tell us that one. <laughs> I can only look back at it and laugh at it now because in the moment when it happened was one of the most scary experiences of my life. I was a PD at PNB and it was during Nutcracker. And PDs means just for, it's professional. Oh, professional division. division. So it's like a trainee somewhere. And it was my second year there. And I was like hoping to maybe get my apprenticeship at PNB, even though I was told it would probably never happen. I was like, oh, maybe I can because all my casting showed me that I was being used. So there's like professional division parts and there's like company roles. Some of the extra super stuff, stand around spots are done by the PDs. And I never was doing it the whole season. I was always doing like core Spanish or Chinese or something. And in my very first show of doing one of these like stand around super spots, uh oh. after three weeks of never doing it, I was an idiot and stupid in that old Kent Stoll version, which is stunning. I still love it. Um, it's the peacock is carried out in a cage by two like attendants. Yeah. Peacock is, is Arabian in the. Yes. And it's like the iconic peacock that you see around um, that was associated with PNB forever. Usually I do Spanish. So I would sit in the wings after Spanish, like which they called Moors there and watch the peacock and it was a certain peacock that everyone likes watching because she's just really good at it and i just remember sitting in the wing with my friend christina who was doing flowers that show waiting to watch the peacock and we're like wait where is she and then i look down and i see what outfit i'm on and i don't have my hat on or anything and i'm like oh god explicit language to the point that then i run to the back wing about to pick it up it's late and she had all right not to be happy with me and was not happy and threw open the cage door walked down stage did a great show we then carried out the cage could we had to do other stuff walked off and i just remember trying not to have everyone see me cry i mean oh 
granted, no show was ruined, but I ruined her show. Oh yeah, my, that's that's you know tough. what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. the show wasn't ruined, like nothing was missed, but I ruined her show. I put her in a bad performance mental state. So she came off and verbally threw down at me and that's fine and I'll take it. And I just remember staying there like, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. Oh, Sean. Don't cry. And then I thought I was gonna get kicked out of school. I thought I was gonna be like, never hired. That was probably my, to this day, the most traumatic failures ever because it affected someone else and not me, you know? Yep. Totally. If I fall on stage or whatever, I'm like, mm, that sucks. I'm going to like cry about it myself. And that's no problem. Which yeah. also happened on my first Nutcracker Friends show. I was doing Alice Gondrans and I put my hands and I went down to a lunge and hit the ground and popped back up. But it's me. It's my own doing. Right. It doesn't affect anyone else. Yeah. But that one, I just. That is tough. That was a big failure. And then Peter didn't come talk to me for a whole week until afterwards. He's like, Sean, can I talk to you? A week later, a week later. <laughs> what happened was so unprofessional and unlike you. And I was yeah. like, it's a week later and you're now bringing this up again. <laughs> I did a whole week of shows and everything else was fine. Like, but after, so after I forgot to carry her out, we were rehearsing another ballet or starting to rehearse another ballet in that Nutcracker run. And so that like Tuesday, we're all called in to do Lost and Abula for rehearsal. Guess who I was supposed to be with? And all of a sudden, in the front of the room rehearsal, I was swapped. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. And I understand, but that like really started the most miserable run of my nutcracker. Because then it made it, because she didn't like me afterwards, her friends didn't like me, no one, it was just bad. Yeah. But then a few years later, we were paired together for a bunch of other stuff and we were great. Like she liked the fact that I was strong and capable. She was really tall. So like she had obviously moved past it. I had moved not move past it, but knew that I was walking on eggshells always, but it was just, yeah, it was bad. Yikes. That's my biggest fail. I'm trying to think of a fail that I haven't told people. I mean, I've fallen. Tyler Peck and I collided in snow in Nutcracker because a pen fell out of the sky in the thing that drops the snow. But I've told that. I've told the getting wrapped up in the curtain. It always just happens. It's like they happen so often. They're so minimal or like, Mm-hmm. they're terrible in the moment and then you forget about them later on because it's no big deal yeah you move past it again it's live theater and like you've seen i've seen fails happen at big shows like in phantom going back to phantom the chair at the end doesn't work or alphabet doesn't fly in wicked or you yeah. know it's just it happens it's live theater unlike flesh and bone where all right we'll do another take it's fine like you yeah, know no. it just happens and um, that director was like I don't care. We're going to film this until I get all the shots. And I'm like, great. Yeah, so this, good. Be, this is 2 a.m. now and I'm still jumping for Jesus. <laughs> it's 2 a.m. Oh, gosh. I can't. I remember doing a show. It was the hardest program I ever did. This is not a fail. It was like Serenade, Core of Serenade, Core of something else, like Symphony Through Movement or something. And then I did Principal Western, Second Movement Western, last and I remember standing there doing Second Movement Western. It was 10 p.m. I hadn't gone on yet. And I was just standing there like, this should be illegal. Like, I'm so tired. At 10. I can't imagine dancing at 2. Right? Like, I'm done. No, I'm done at that point. 
that's like when we do Sleeping Beauty and you're yeah. only in the wedding scene to do like yep. Bluebird or Puss in Boots or something or like Gold and Silver or you mm-hmm. guys, whatever the jewels were, whatever version you do. I don't go out until 930 at night. Yep. Yep. You're like, I'm standing here and I'm, I'm cold. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. I, that last day of filming at two, I just remember wrapping around two or three. That was a long day. Another hard one to do is Swanhilda's friends in Capellia because uh, you do yeah. the whole first bit, that seven minute piece, which is super fun, but very difficult. Then you do the whole toy maker shop. Then you sit there on stage for the entire third act and have to get up and do the da 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 And you're just like, I can't feel my legs. I can't feel my feet. I don't know what I look like. Anytime <laughs> that you have to sit on stage and flail about from sitting, just, I'm like, just put someone else to sit there. Just yeah. put someone else to sit there. <laughs> um, but yeah, fail. Oh, hi, Dex. Who is that? Someone is saying hello. Oh, it was Dexter because how's my neighbor sk- was walking by. Let's, well, we'll, we'll end with. How's the skunk update? <laughs> uh, we're going to probably bank on the two-year issue. <laughs> he is fine other than his muzzle. Uh-oh. Okay. The muzzle still smells like skunk. Or now it smells like burnt hair-ish, skunkish. Oh, Dexter. The rest of him is fine. I think it's because it's the area that you can't shampoo scrub. Yeah. Like you can scrub the rest of him because it literally says... Not around eyes and mouth. As we talked about, we need Johnson & Johnson baby shampoo right. for de-skunker. So yep. it's just his muzzle. But he's at least in, allowed to be inside and on stuff again. So yep. it, it's definitely... And how's JoJo? I didn't include the bit we talked about. I, I actually ended up having to cut it out for time. But JoJo's your other puppy. JoJo is my sweet baby angel dog that I've had for 13 years now since he was eight weeks old. And he's great still. I took him to the vet yesterday. Got to check up. He's getting older, but he's all good. Yay. Well, we got a lot more topics to cover in future episodes, but I think that was good that we we covered that one today. Good choice, Sean. And yeah. then we'll just have to say, like, please write in your questions and concerns. I understand people want ballet tips of, like, how to improve this, but that's not really our vibe. <laughs> it's It's my vibe on YouTube. Not on a podcast. If you Ooh, want, if you want, you know Matt, if you good, want YouTube tips, go to my YouTube. Yes. Let's have them write in their successes and their failures. Yes. Okay. You know what we're going to do? Write it to say hi at kmandfriends.com. I'll, I'll get us, I will get us a podcast email, but send your failures and your successes stories. And we'll read them next time. Okay. But rules of this one, make sure it's respectful to old parties. Mm-hmm. So, be respectful if your failure involves someone else. Be respectful. Two, got to keep it semi-short and be a good score- storyteller. Yep. I ramble, but we don't need to read a rambling email. <laughs> uh, three, if there's other really good stories that you feel we need to share on our podcast. Yeah. If you have a story about something, whether it's like ballet related, if you had an ex- crazy experience, maybe we'll start reading emails from you guys like once every podcast or something we should call it a segment like I don't know and yes I'm stealing this directly from my favorite murder with no shame okay but it's really interesting to hear people's stories like yeah I agree other than just you and me (laughs) right and like so my favorite murder they talk about like their hometown murders that they're related like they have associations to and it's so interesting to hear 
what yeah. literally happens in people's next door neighbor's houses mm-hmm. or like mm-hmm. they were growing up and their parents like oh yeah my neighbor was like jack the ripper like someone it's like always someone random yeah totally. which if we want to talk about tr- true crime connections i have a large list of connections to multiple serial killers and murderers <laughs> Yeah, weren't you somewhere like at a Nutcracker gig? You talked about it at Vlogmas. Yes. No. Oh, I forgot about that one too. I wasn't even thinking about that one. <laughs> Go on. I've, I don't know. What time is it? Do we have time right now? Or should I, I, or we can do it next podcast. Here, we can do it next podcast. Let's do a next okay, podcast. Let's do a true crime themed. Perfect. Fifth episode. Great. I'll have and, to think about that. Yes. I, because I got a random list and I need to figure out how to explain a couple situations with still being anonymous because I'm not allowed to talk about one of them because they still work there. Okay. True crime next week. True crime meets ballet. And you just moved to California and they are full of true crime. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I'm sure I'll have more. I mean, look at the stories I had this week. Right. I was just scammed from a baby grand. There's my true crime. And if anyone okay. has a random baby grand they don't want anymore, please contact me. <laughs> uh, anyway, thanks y'all for listening. This is always a Oh, Dex is saying hi. Hi, Dex. Bye, Dex. Thanks, y'all. Bye, y'all. <laughs>